Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brighton Krumah. Reverend Brighton Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. Renewed mercies. We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you, Lord, that you have counted us among the land of the living. We glorify your name and we praise your holy name. Now, Lord, as we come before you, we ask of your Holy Spirit to lead and to teach us. Lord, I avail myself as a vessel. You know my weaknesses. Therefore, Lord, use me and teach us and minister to our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands together for Jesus as you take your seats. Tonight, I want us to continue with our series of messages on the good work that God has begun in you. The good work that God has begun in you. God has begun a good work in you. And our foundational scripture is from Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Before we do that, why don't you put your hands together for our instrumentalists? I think uh, they are increasing the anointing. They are increasing in the anointing. God is wonderful. It's powerful. I was wondering as I was coming who have visited us that is playing so powerfully for us but God is good. We are grateful. I believe they are, they are set to do great things. Wonderful things. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. The good work that God has begun in you. Why don't we all read together? Philippians 1, verse 6. 1, 2, 3, go. Of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work in you, confirm it until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Philippians 1, 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God has begun a good work in you. God has begun a good work in me. And he will continue that good work. He will perform that good work until the day of Jesus Christ. So until Christ comes, the good work is not completed. Amen. God is still doing a good work in us. And so it means as a Christian, whatever stage you find yourself as you have come to work or to walk with God, he is doing a good work in you. Amen. Amen. And you have to allow God to continue with the good work. You cannot get to the middle of the work and decide that you are done or you don't want that work anymore. You have to continue with the good work. When you go to see a doctor, and he's working on you, 
There's so many things that the doctor does. Do you understand? There's so many things he will send you to do this test, to do that test, to do this test as they are figuring out what is wrong with you. You see, they don't even know. But you know in yourself that whatever test they are doing or wherever they send you to go is intended for your good. And so though you don't understand it, though you don't know, you look at your situation, you are not feeling good. You have come to see the doctor, but you still feel in yourself that you are not feeling good. But you continue with what they are doing because you know that they have begun a good work in you. Isn't that so? So they send you to do this test. They send you to do that test. And eventually, they say, go here and draw your blood. Go here and get an EKG. Go here and get an X-ray. Go here and do a CT scan. And they do all of this. And then one day, they say, today we are calling you for operation or surgery. And you know that all these steps, you can say, why didn't you just do the surgery? Why did you take me through all these tests, drawing my blood and doing all these kinds of tests? But you patiently go through them, waiting for the day that they say, today this is what we are doing. Or finally, this is the medicine we are giving you. Do you understand? But you patiently go through because you know they have begun a good work. And you know the reason why you continue going because you know that they will also perform it until you are well. Amen. 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 And you put your trust in them. Now the scripture is teaching us that be confident. Be confident of this very thing. Of this very thing. It means that many Christians are not confident of the fact that God is doing a good work in us. Many Christians are at a stage in their lives that they don't think God is doing a good work in them. So the scripture is saying, be confident of this very thing. That he which had begun a good work in you, it is a good work. No matter how you find yourself, no matter what stage you are, it is a good work. And he said, be confident of that. Amen. Amen. And with this, we've been sharing about different areas that God is doing a good work in us. We talk about the good work that God is doing in our flesh. And we went through a series of messages sharing about this and explaining so many things about the flesh. The way the flesh is and why the flesh impacts on our lives. And the good work that God is doing on the flesh. Then we talk about the good work that God is doing on the soul. Amen. Amen. And then we talk about the good work that God is doing on your spirit. Do you remember? Yes. Yes. So we shared so many things about these things. And I encourage you to listen to them. And um, you will be blessed. Amen. Amen. Listen to these messages. And I believe that they are life-transforming messages. They transform you as a Christian every dimension of your life, every area of your life. Now, God is not only interested in your flesh, your soul, and your spirit. We said God is also interested in your finances. Also, the Bible talks about your finances, your financial situation in the Bible. Amen. Amen. So God is interested in your finances. And we have been talking about the good work 
that God is doing in your finances. Hallelujah. The good work that God is doing in your finances. Amen. How many of you believe that God is doing a good work in your finances? Yeah. God is doing great work in our finances. It's, God is not only interested in you prospering spiritually. He says he wishes above all else, above all else, that you will prosper in your physical, even as you prosper spiritually as well. That you will prosper, you will be in health and prosper as your spirit also prospers. So, God is not only interested in your spirit. Hallelujah. God is not only interested in your spirit. Amen. We read a scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. And it says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And we said that we, we, we don't have to spiritualize this scripture to mean that God is only interested in your spiritual wealth. Amen. Because if this scripture is talking about your spiritual wealth, then we are saying that, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was spiritually rich, Yet, for your sakes, he became spiritually poor. Now, we don't know any time in life, in the life of Jesus, that he was spiritually poor. He was never spiritually poor. Amen. He was never spiritually poor. Jesus Christ was never spiritually poor. He was God walking on earth in the form of man. And he was never spiritually poor. When the enemy came to tempt him, with scriptures. He faced him with scriptures. He, was, he didn't lack scriptures. And he challenged him with scriptures until the enemy had no more scriptures. And then he said, I'll be back. And then he went back to look for more scriptures to come and tempt him. Are you with me? So God is interested in your spiritual, your spiritual life as well as your finances as well. Amen. Can I have an amen? Amen. Wonderful. So last, about two weeks ago or so, we began talking about the good work that God is doing or God is performing on your finances. And we started talking about some of the hindrances, some of the things that God has to work on as far as our finances are concerned. Do you remember? We talk about how that the work that God is doing in our lives will not be the same for everyone. The, the level at which we come to Christ is not the same for everyone. Isn't that so? We all met Christ at different stages. And whatever stage we met Christ, God intends to work on us. Hallelujah. God intends to do a good work on us. And so we were talking about some of the stages, some of the things that hinder us when we come to Christ. When we met Christ or when we are working with God and he's doing a good work in us, we are talking about some of the things that hinder 
the good work that God is doing in all some of the things that set us in different levels. And what was the first one we talked about? That some of you became born again already in debt. We came to God when we were in the negative, when we were in debt. Do you understand? We came to God when financially we were in the negative. Now you can never, you can never come to positive or you can never begin to gain if you owe. You will never begin to gain if you owe. And so if you owe and someone is adding to you, you don't experience it. Isn't that so? If you owe me $100 and I decide to take you out, I decide to take you out to a very nice place where I'm going to spend on you and you owe me $100 and I intend to spend maybe $80 on you and I take you to this place and you see all the beautiful things that are there and you are so excited. You are so happy. You are seeing them. And then as we are going, we say, by the way, I intend to spend $80 on you. So the $100 that you owe me, I dash you $80. And you are going to use that to spend on you. So you see, now I have brought you to a place to bless you. But because you owe, you can't enjoy because now you have to go back because you don't have $80. You have been just reduced by $80 and now you are negative 20. So you see, you still owe and so all the beautiful things that are there, you cannot enjoy them because you don't have that $80. You don't understand what I'm sharing with you. And that is how some of us meet God. When we meet God, we are in the negative. And so, the work that God is doing in us, you are not feeling the positive because you have to allow him to work on you to bring you to a certain level of neutrality so that he can elevate you above the neutral level where you really can now sit down and enjoy. Amen. Amen. So, you see, you are surrounded by enemy, and he said, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. But you owe MasterCard, your enemies, you owe them so much. You owe Visa, you know, you owe MasterCard, you owe Discover, you owe Capital, you owe American Express. And so there's so much blessing. God has set a table before you, but you can enjoy. And God has to clear all these negatives so that you can enjoy. Amen. Are you with me? Yeah. What's the second thing that God is doing when we come to... We say that the second circumstance that we bring along is that we come to the Lord in different capacities to earn. In different capacities to earn. Amen. 
God blesses us through the work of our hand. God blesses us through the work of our hand. Amen? Amen. And a lot of us also come to God with different capacities as far as the work of our hand is concerned. A lot of us come to God with different capacities. Now, one of the things that God does through his word and through the church is that he enlarges your territory, enlarges your coast. He sets you up. He lifts you up. Amen. He elevates you and he increases you such that even the work of your hand brings you, he's able to bless you through the work of your hand. Do you understand? So through, through his word, God is able to promote you. Sometimes the preaching of the word encourages you to go to school. You realize that you need to do something about your life. If you've been in this church for a while, you have a certain agency. You have a certain need that you, need, you want to go to school. You want to progress. You want to do something about your life. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. And so God intends to bless us through the work of our hand. Wherever stage we meet him. Amen. Amen. What is the third thing? <laughs> wow. Okay. So we said the third thing here that we said the circumstance with which we come to the Lord is that some of us have inherited traditions and attitudes of laziness, non-performance, backwardness, and mentality of poverty. Laziness, non-performance, backwardness, and mentality of poverty. Amen. Now, these are some of the circumstances at which we meet God. When we encounter God, we have these things with us. And God intends to work on these things. Amen. Amen. God intends to work on these things. Some of us have attitude of laziness. We don't like to work hard. Do you understand? We don't like hard work. We like to always feel comfortable. You see? Now you realize that a lot of places or different countries where there's typical attitude of laziness, they don't prosper. There's no prosperity. Any country where there is real prosperity, you see hard working. You see people work hard. You see people are working hard to build bridges. They are working hard to build huge structures. Do you understand? But laziness will not allow you to do something like that. When you see something like that, you, you fold your arms and look. You don't like to work hard, but you like good things. You want to have good things. We say you see somebody driving a nice car, and then the person passes by, and you say, if I get this car the way I will drive it, you will never get the car. You will never get it. <laughs> Do you understand? And you see, these are things, you see, listen. God never intends that you be poor. 
It's never the intention of God that you'll be poor. Poverty is not a good thing. Poverty is not a good thing. Amen. God never intends that you'll be poor. God wants you to seek his kingdom. He wants you to seek his kingdom. His intention is to prosper you. His intention is to bless you. Your role is to seek his kingdom. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Your role is to seek his kingdom. He says, make him your priority. Put him first. Seek my kingdom first. Save souls. Work for me. Seek my kingdom. Let my kingdom be your priority. Let winning souls be your priority. Are you with me? Let sharing the word of God be your priority. He says, seek ye first my kingdom and its righteousness. Find the kingdom of God. And he says, and all other things. You see, that the scripture says, your father in heaven knoweth that ye also. He said, these things, what are these things? Nice cars, nice houses, beautiful marriages. What is Nice clothes. You also like designer clothes, is that so? <laughs> do you understand? And your, your, the Bible says, your, it says, these things do the Gentiles seek after. He says the Gentiles, this is all is on your mind. They are always looking for nice houses, cars, clothes, beautiful this, beautiful that. He said, these are the things that they seek for. And the Bible says, but your father in heaven knoweth that you also, your father in heaven, Christians, your father in heaven knoweth that you also, you have need of these things. You have need of these things. Don't you think that God knows that you are a Christian but you like to drive a nice car, rabbit? God knows that. You cannot pretend. Don't hide that. Don't say, I'm a Christian and I live a modest life. And God knows that if you were also to have a mansion, you would like it. God knows that if you were to have designer dresses, you would like it. God knows that. Don't pretend. Are you with me? Do not pretend. The Bible, because the Bible says your father in heaven. You see, don't say, when somebody's nice car is passing by, don't say, oh, Cleof, all these things are useless. No, they are not useless. Don't say all these things are vanity because you don't have it. But your father in heaven knows in your heart. He knows that you like it. He says, you, your father in heaven knows that you also, you, you have need of such things. But for you, seek ye first my kingdom and its righteousness. And all these other things, they will be added to you. Amen. They will be added to you. So don't pretend like you, you, you don't like it. If somebody is changing their hairstyle every three days or every week, don't say it's all waste of money. Your father in heaven knows that you also, if you were to do that, you would like it. Because you don't have it now. <laughs> Amen. Are you with me? Yeah, your father in heaven knows that you also have need for these things. Amen. So we come to God with all these setbacks. We come to God with all these setbacks. 
with all this type of mentality and God intends to work on us. So we talk about that we, we have this laziness with which we come to God with. And we read a scripture in Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs chapter 24. Do you remember? Yes. And verse 30. Let's read that scripture again. Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 30. It says, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. Okay? So, now God is describing the life of a lazy man and void of understanding. Void of understanding. Now, when you are void of understanding, it means you have not received the word of God. Do you understand? You don't understand certain things. He says, I went by the field of the slothful. Slothful means lazy. I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns. So lo means, and wow, it's like surprise. It was all grown over with thorns and nettles had covered the face thereof and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Now, we were saying that if you look at the previous verse, it means that this lazy man, God has blessed him with a land. He has a land. A land is property. Do you understand? A land is an asset. It is real estate. Do you understand? That is, a car is not real estate. So, if you have a lot of dresses, it's not real. You can't say you, you, you are rich. Do you understand? A land, if you have a land, it is a real estate. If you have a house, it is real estate. Now, he had a land and there was a wall around it. So there was no poverty at all. Poor people don't have lands with walls built around it. Are you with me? So, he says there was this field and a vineyard. He had a vineyard. The next verse says, And lo, it was all grown over with thorns, and nettles had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Don't you see that it is property that is losing value? It is losing value. So now the next verse says, Then I saw, this is, a, this is a wisdom. It said, Then I saw, and considered it well. Considered it well. I look upon it and receive instructions. I receive instructions. One, that there was a man who had a land. And a, the, the land was protected. The land was, there was a fence around it. Stone wall was built around it. But now what I see, I consider it and I receive instructions. Yet, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth. Now, I want you to look. He says, so shall thy poverty come. So, poverty was not there. Poverty was not there. The man had land. The man had stone wall around the land. 
The man was wealthy to begin with. But laziness, laziness, it invites poverty. Do you understand? I am teaching you something. God is delivering you from something. So you see, we cannot come to church and just for someone to just say, be blessed, receive this. And then you say, I receive it. You know, I see you going far. I see you receiving this and receive it and receive it. The man had land that was protected by stone wall. And he was poor. And the reason was because of slothfulness, laziness. And so what has put this man in the negative, what has set this man back, and he's not seeing prosperity, even though prophets are prophesying over his life and he's not experiencing and seeing it, what is setting back is laziness. And before he will begin to experience God's blessing, God has to deliver him from slothfulness or laziness. Are you with me? Yeah. So our Christian walk is not only to act spiritual and, and just, I receive it. God is delivering us from slothfulness, laziness. Attitude of laziness, mentality of non-performance. That you, 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 you have an intention. A Christian cannot have an intention that when you go to work, your mind is to do minimum. You can't have that intention. It's never God's intention. Are you with me? Yes. yes. It's not wisdom. He says, I considered it well. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. You like your sleep, you'll be poor. You are lazy, you'll be poor. No matter how much blessings we prophesy over your life, there's a land you are receiving. I receive it and a land. God is dropping land. There was land and the poverty came. So he says, so sad thy poverty come. So poverty was not there. Poverty came. And it was because of slothfulness. Are you with me? Yes. yes. So God is delivering us. And then we read several scriptures through which God is delivering us. We learned some lessons from the ant. Do you remember? Yes. Wonderful. Now I want to continue with this attitude that God is delivering us from. And that's the, the attitude of prolonged exposure to poverty. This prolonged exposure to poverty. Amen. Amen. See, when you are exposed to poverty and setting low standard of living for a long period of time, that also becomes a hindrance. It becomes a hindrance. You don't appreciate God's blessings. It becomes something that God has to work on until he brings you to a certain level of blessing and wealth. When you have been exposed to prolonged poverty. You see, poverty is common all over the world. Poverty is everywhere. Jesus said, the poor you will always have with you. 
Isn't that so? He said, as for the poor, you always have with you. So poverty is everywhere. So it is easy to be exposed to poverty. Do you understand? Now when a person has been exposed to something for a long time, it leads to some form of acceptance. That is correct. After you've been exposed to something for a long time, it leads to acceptance. Now, when you have been exposed to poverty for a long period of time, it leads to you accepting poverty as normal lifestyle. And acceptance also leads to adaptation. When you accept it, now you adapt to living it. Do you understand? So with time, you cannot even recognize a thing. You cannot recognize a situation. You cannot see anything wrong with a situation after a while. Amen. Some of us have been exposed to poverty for so long that we cannot recognize it when it's right before us. When it's set before us, we cannot recognize it. Therefore, there are people who are so poor, they cannot even recognize that they are poor. I am teaching you something very important. You see, as a Christian, God intends to set you free. Even as your soul prospereth. He says, Beloved, I wish above all else that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Amen. Yet there are people who are so poor, they cannot recognize poverty. They cannot see poverty when it's right before them. They have reset the poverty line. Do you understand? They have reset the poverty line and have lived it so long that now the poverty line is now called normal for them. I am teaching you something. The poverty line now looks normal for them. So when they are looking for poverty, when such people are looking for poverty, they are looking for something that is beneath that line. They are looking for people who live beneath that line. Today I was walking in, I was walking in Manhattan and I saw this huge building and there was this huge picture that was very interesting. And I am so sorry I didn't take a photograph of that picture. You know, in there, this is on um, 42nd Street. You know, 12 Lexington Avenue, 3rd Avenue. And it was a big picture of a very poor village. I mean, on top, on, on, on this big wall of this huge building. You know what I mean? You know, and you could see the contrast. <laughs> Do you understand? A poor village with some poor people. You see, you can see a contrast like that if you are in that village. And I think the Lord was ministering something to me. And I saw that. 
And I'm sorry, I, will, I think I will send someone to go and take a photograph of that for me. Amen. So, people who have been exposed to such poverty for a prolonged time period, when you come to the Lord, he now has to eradicate that picture. He has to eradicate that picture of poverty which has plagued you for so long a period and has become normal to you. God has to eradicate that picture. Now that God does through the preaching of the word, he does through certain exposure, sometimes he does it through being exposed to certain people, certain places, and he does it through his church sometimes. Do you understand? So as I was preparing this message, then I realized that there are some of the things that, you know, when we are doing them, you know, sometimes I feel that, you know, sometimes this is... Um, these are not spiritual things. Why should I even be bothered? Do I pray about this? Do you understand? For instance, if we say we are having a Christmas party, you know, as a pastor, you know, then I say, I don't take it to prayers. I don't go down my knees praying about that. Then I receive instruction and I say, you know, there are these some of, some of the things that God uses to clear some of the photographs, some of the pictures. That are on our minds. That it will, they, it will take us to a place. It will lead us to a place that now it will change your mindset about... I mean, some of you, you have never, for instance, like in a, an, an, a, 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 you have gone to a nice place for dinner before. Do you understand? Or take your wife and your wife dresses nicely. Do you understand? And then you come and you take your wife, perhaps even with a flower. And, you say, and she's surprised. She said, where are we going? And we say, we are just going for dinner. You've probably not ever done that before. Do you understand? You have not done that. But you see, then I realize that the church exposes us to some of these things. Sometimes we go for camp meetings in certain places. Do you understand? We go for camp meetings in certain hotels and you see, if you are not spiritual enough to understand, you may think that this is waste. But you see, now I understand that God has to eradicate. You see, God never intends for you to be poor. Do you understand? That is why God, when he's describing wealth, for instance, when he's describing Solomon's wealth, he takes the time and describes detail. He gives us detail. Do you understand? When he's describing a house for him, how to build a house for him, he takes time to describe the detail and how rich it should be. Your God is not a poor God. As he wants you to prosper spiritually, he wants also for you to prosper financially. Do you understand? Anyway. So certain exposure, certain exposure, I have come to realize that it says that it says that for the righteous man, his steps are ordered by the Lord. Do you understand? His steps are ordered by the Lord. And so certain exposures, I believe that God orders our steps for such purposes. Do you understand? 
The Bible says the queen of Sheba, when she came and she saw Solomon's wealth, Solomon's wealth. But you see, the, the Bible says that there was no more spirit left in her. And the reason is the background from which she was coming. Even the servants of Solomon that live in Solomon's house, this was normal life here. The feast that you are seeing that has driven all the spirit out of you, this is normal life in this place for servants. Because she described even the servants' apparel, what they were wearing. She saw the servants, the way they were dressed. Do you understand? So unless God eradicates all these pictures from our minds, we see them as waste. Amen. In certain parts of the world, people complain even when a pastor has a nice car. They complain. In certain parts of the world, when a pastor has a nice car, they complain. They say the pastor is a thief. The pastor has stolen the money. The pastor is using the money. The pastor is not spiritual. And it's because of this mentality of poverty. Mentality of poverty. They have seen poverty so much that what is supposed to be normal. Is it not normal for a pastor to have a car that he can visit the ship? Is it not normal? But they have been exposed to such mentality, such pictures of poverty, that that is seen to be luxury. You see, now you, it has become normal. Now if you see your pastor driving a car, you will not complain. Because of the picture that you have been exposed to. (laughs) Do you understand? Because of the picture that you have been exposed to. So now you don't complain anymore. Amen. You see, no, no, don't complain when God blesses a pastor. Don't complain. God, a pastor is someone that God gives you to teach you his truths. To teach you his truths. To teach you his word. And when you know the truth, when you receive the truth, the Bible says that truth sets you free. Do you understand? It sets you free from such things so that you can also become that. Now, who has the word that he's sharing with you? The pastor. The God has given the pastor the truth and he's sharing with you the truth that you are relying on that you will also be set free and then prosper and be, and, 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 and be in health. Do you understand? And you are angry that the person who has the truth also, who has been set free, has a car and you are angry. There's a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 9. It says, you cannot muscle. It says, for it is written in the law of Moses, thou shalt not muscle the mouth of the ox that treaded out the corn. That means you sh- the, the, the ox that plows the corn, by all means that ox will have some of the corn in the mouth before some will get into your basket. 
Don't be angry if the ox is eating some. <laughs> so that is one of the reasons why many people complain. Many people, and you realize many people from places where they have been plagued with such, such pictures, prolonged exposure to such pictures, they are the ones that complain. People don't go to church because of that reason. But they don't understand. They don't understand. Amen. I say they don't understand. Hallelujah. I'm teaching you something very important. They don't understand. Amen. How do you expect water to fall on you? You want water to fall on you. You are the body. There is a head. Your pastor is your head. You don't want water to fall on his head, but you, the body, you want the water to fall on you. Is it possible? It's not possible. It's not possible. It's not possible. You know, go back to verse 1. Let me show you something. Verse 1. Do you have the New Living Translation? Let's read that quickly. Verse 1 in this scripture. It says, Am I not as free as anyone else? This is Paul. He's writing to the church of Corinth. He said, am I not as free as anyone else? Am I not an apostle? This is Paul. Because the people were behaving like you. You see, this chapter is because of your behavior. (laughs) He says, am I not an apostle? Haven't I seen Jesus our Lord with my own eyes? Isn't it because of my work that you belong to the Lord? Do you see? Is it not because of my work that you are still here? He said, isn't it because of my work that you belong to the Lord? Even if others think I'm not an apostle, I certainly am to you. Because you know that it's because of my work that you are here. That is what Paul is saying. I'm reading the Bible. He said, I'm certainly am to you. You yourself are proof that I am the Lord's apostle. This is my answer to those who question my authority. Those who question my authority. Don't we have the right to live in your homes and share your meals? <laughs> Amen. It's the it's 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 apostle, the pastor's authority. He has a right to say, look, today I'm coming to your house. And I'm coming to sleep in your house. Let your wife cook some food for me. It's in the Bible. It is the, uh, it is the pastor's authority to say, bring your car. Take me here. And you can't say, ah, but you take the pastor everywhere. Why can't you take me also? No, you don't have the authority. It's because you don't have the authority. I have the authority. I live 85 miles away from here. As I have come 85 miles to come and preach to you and drive back 85 miles to go back. I have authority to say I'm coming to your house. Let your wife prepare some food for me. I have authority to say drive me home and come back. I have, oh, I have the authority. 
I have the authority. I have the authority to say, today my legs, I, I can't drive. Come and pick me and bring me to church so I can be here. I have the authority. He says, don't we have the right to live in your homes and share your meals? And I will come. <laughs> huh? Don't we have the right to bring a Christian wife with us? As the other disciples and the Lord's brothers do. And as Peter does. That means I have a right to say, my wife, come. Today, no cooking in our house. Let's go to this person's house. We are going to spend the weekend there. And you have to cook. And it's not when I come there that you say, I, I don't have milk. Do you want to drink tea? That you are going to find milk. These are all in the scriptures. I'm reading to you. Okay. It says, Or is it only Barnabas and I who have to work to support ourselves? <laughs> what soldier has to pay his own expenses? What farmer plants a vineyard and doesn't have the right to eat some of his fruits? So why should I plant these vineyards and I don't have the right to eat fruits from my vineyard? <laughs> Ellen, I read the scriptures. Wow. What shepherd cares for a flock of sheep and isn't allowed to drink some of the milk? 2 a.m. and you are calling your pastor. Reverend, this is 3 a.m. A pregnant woman, you are having labor. You are in labor and I am also in labor. 3 a.m. we are in labor together. Reverend, it's not coming. They say I should wait more. And I'm awake with you. Don't I have the right now to drink of the same from you? Your false alarm, labor false alarm. I am still with you. And I'm also in false labor. We go and then they send us back. <laughs> huh? Even the day you conceived, I didn't, you didn't tell me. But you are including me in your labor. In your labor. Look at that. He says, Am I expressing merely a human opinion or does the Lord say the same thing? You see? So if you don't know the scriptures, you would think that, oh, the pastor's own selfish needs. He says, Am I expressing merely human opinion or does the Lord say the same thing? That's when he quoted the law that I just read to you. He said, for the law of Moses says, you must not muscle an axe to keep it from eating as it thrusts out the grain. The axe must have some of the grain in the mouth. Amen. As he's working hard. <laughs> Amen. The next verse, he says, wasn't he actually speaking to us? That scripture. Wasn't God actually speaking to us? He says, yes, it was written for us. Don't say that it's for the us. It's not the us. It's for us. Be wise. <laughs> so that the one who plows 
and the one who threshes the grain might both expect a share of the harvest. (laughs) I'm clearing your mentality. Your mentality. You see, by the grace of God, you see, there was a time, even in this church, there was a time even in this church that we had three or four cars at the parking lot. And if you were to see your pastor drive some car, you, hey, this pastor who has just landed. Eh? But today, today, the different cars God has blessed us with is because of your acceptance of the pictures that have been painted to you. Do you understand? Yeah. Of the pictures that has to be painted to you. We have to eradicate those kind of pictures. Perhaps some time ago, if you saw somebody wearing a bow tie, you thought, oh, you are too much. But today, bow tie is nothing to you. Do you understand? Bow tie is nothing to you. Men wearing bow tie, oh, left and right. Isn't that so? (laughs) I'm sharing the word of God. It says, since we have planted spiritual seeds among you, aren't we entitled to a harvest of physical food and drink? Don't tell me when I come, just, I'm coming and we are just praying because pastor has come. We are done with the praying. I am reaping the physical food and drink. I have come and it's now, now you are going to share the word again. Bring the food and lay it on the table. Let me be blessed. If you support others who preach to you, shouldn't we have an even greater right to be supported but we have never used this right we will rather put up with anything than be an obstacle to the good news about Christ this is the reason why we don't use this authority and abuse and all kinds of things that you can serve God that there will not be hindrance do you understand so as a pastor I also work just like you hmm? I also have a boss. Hmm? Yeah. But the, the apostle has the authority. And so I want you to begin now accepting that. That is normal. And don't complain about it. Amen. You see, the things you see, the things you see, they determine what you produce. Oh, yes. The things you see will always determine the things that you produce. This is one of the wisdom that our bishop has. It's one of his wisdom. He takes his pastors to various countries to expose them to prosperity, to expose them to different things so they don't fight prosperity. So they don't fight and say, why do you have this? Why do you have They go and see. So you have to eradicate these pictures. Do you understand? He, he plays golf and he has all his pastors and his shepherds, everyone to play golf. It is not a luxurious something. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Do you understand? It's not, it's, it, it, don't eradicate that picture. Amen. That is why you hear Bishop preaching and he says, I, you need to learn how to drink tea. Huh? 
tea without milk. To walk with great people. Amen. You see, when you go to when you go to a place where you know you go to a nice place where they are they are serve food, okay? Depend on where you are coming from, depend on your background. You see, they put the food there and they say, You can come as many times as you want. Do you understand? But sometimes certain mentality, certain exposure that you have had for prolonged time period, you are afraid that when you go and you come back, the thing will not be there because you have not seen this before. So when you go, you see, you oh, you. <laughs> And is that exposure? It's a prolonged exposure. Prolonged exposure. And then you see, you realize that people who have not been exposed to such poverty, they go as if they don't eat. They take something small and then they go and sit down. But you see them going, 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 going. They will eat so much, more than what is on your thing. But nobody will see it. I'm telling you. And that you need to know. You need to learn. Eradicate this poverty picture that is on your mind. Yes. They eat more than you, but you will never see. You will never know. Because they go and then they have three spoons of this and this. And then they go and sit down. And then they finish. They come again. Not the same plate. They come again. Six, five, eight times more, and then you you see that the thing you are sitting there, <laughs> you are breathing, you can't even eat that thing. That thing is, is threatening you. You are afraid to see what you are looking at. You are afraid, you are afraid, and then everyone is looking at you, and then you come and sit down, and some of the things are spilling on your table. The moment you put your spoon in, it spills on your table. And then you see certain people are not doing that. It's because of prolonged exposure of poverty. And the Lord is eradicating that kind of picture. The Lord is setting you free from this kind of photographs that are planted in your hearts and in your minds. Because it's God's intention that you will be prosperous. You will live decent lives. It's God's intention as you are serving him. He says, you just serve me. Seek my kingdom. When it's time for us to go and win souls, you go. But I will prosper you. Amen. I'll prosper you. Amen. Amen. I'll prosper you. That exposure is, 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 is a prolonged exposure. I say what you see, what you are exposed to, what you see for a prolonged period of time, that is what you produce. That is what you produce. Amen. Amen. You know, some people have bought a certain house or they have, they have desired to own a certain type of house because of what they have seen. Do you understand? Because of what they have seen, they want to buy something like this. They want to do this. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? 
but God is setting you free. I say God is setting you free from such mentality, such mentality of poverty. Amen. You are peculiar people. Amen. You are God's children. Amen. You are God's children. Hallelujah. I want to share something with you, but I think if I begin, I will not be able to finish. So um, I want to pause here, and then um, we'll continue next time we meet. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands together for Jesus? I'm grateful tonight for your love, for your kindness, for your mind towards us. Father, we thank you for the plans that you have concerning us. Lord, we thank you for the revelations. We thank you, Lord, for setting us free from such backwardness, from such traditions, traditions of backwardness, traditions of laziness, traditions of non-performance, mentality of poverty. Lord, we thank you that you are setting us on a high course. You are setting us on the high places of the earth. We glorify your name. We give you honor. We thank you for setting us free from all these setbacks. The things that prevent us from appreciating your blessings. Lord, we thank you for setting us free from them. In the name of Jesus. We give you glory. We give you honor in Jesus' name. Now with all eyes closed and every head bow, if there's anyone here tonight, you are not born again, you have not given your life to Jesus, if you were to die today, you are not sure, you are not certain of where you are going. Tonight you can make that certain. Tonight there is more room at the cross. If you are here, you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I don't want to go to hell if I die. Beloved, heaven and hell are real. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me that I choose heaven. I choose to be with God. I choose to be with Christ. If that is your prayer, you want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life right now, you can do so. I will say a little prayer with you if that is your choice, if that is your prayer. You say, I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life. If that is you, you are that person. Just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Wherever you are, just lift up your right hand. You are saying, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life. I want to be born again. I want to be with God. If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? With all eyes closed and every head bowed, it's a private moment. Is there anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Jesus. Wonderful. Father, we are thankful and grateful for the gift of life. We thank you, Lord, for sending your only begotten son to die for us. Tonight, Lord, we are grateful that you have counted us among them that you have called to be your sons and daughters. You have given us the power to become the children of God. We are grateful in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't you clap? We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Rev. Brighton Kuma, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738.
stay blessed.